Welcome back to another edition of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Young, and I have the wonderful Cheetah Kabula here to share her story with us. Thanks for having me, Ariel. Welcome. <laughs> so um, I think this conversation is going to be really interesting because we actually met in a place of work and play. And I think as your story unfolds on camera, we'll be able to see how we can actually learn how to instill some impact in our work and not always be so work, 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 work. Yes, so I'm excited to share with your audience kind of my, my, my journey. So as Ariel said, I'm Chita Kabulo, uh, and I'm an advisory manager at one of the largest uh, consulting firms in the world. I work in the banking and capital markets space, uh, but on the side of that, I also work with some of our corporate responsibility efforts. Um, specifically, currently, I'm on our Black Action Council, uh, which was stood up last year as a response to the social environment that we were in. So really excited um, to talk to you, to you all about that, but even in my past roles, um, I've worked in similar roles and um, it's really interesting that a lot of companies have avenues where we can explore some of the social impact um, items that interest us. And sometimes it's not just social impact, but it could be, you know, play, actual play, you know, basketball teams and things speak teams. And so there's definitely opportunities for us to bring more of our full selves to work, um, and do some of the things that we care about um, as we navigate the social, um, the corporate ladder, so to speak. So to speak, yeah. But yeah. The interesting thing is when I met you, so um, to give you guys a little backstory, mm -hmm. I met Cheetah at a, it was like a social work mixer um, because we have been in uh, quarantine for a year, so I have literally been studying for my master's for an entire year. And so this was like the first time we even saw each other in person, so I met you. Mm -hmm. And what struck me about your story was you were at the event essentially because you finally had a seat at the table to mm -hmm. and in the ears of people who are looking for advice on how to help the community in a more impactful and an authentic way. Mm -hmm. And you did that on your own time. Yep. So, okay, so if we start there, how, well, how did you get tapped on the shoulder for this, um, this advisory role? And then what drove you, like, to even, how did I meet you? Um, that is so cool. <laughs> I think, so all of it is, I'm always, I want to help, right? Like, in, in my job, all we do is help all clients, right? I, I want to serve, uh, and, and I think if I had to write my, mission statement as a human or somebody said you know you have to write your tombstone uh what you wanted to say once you passed and i think i want mine to say this is cheetah she served right um so i i i wrote raised my hand um at work when that came came about and um the person who was tapped to lead it was on one of my projects and I think um, when a client had a, an emergency, the reason he even knew my name is when the client had an emergency, I raised my hand and uh, I read the regulation that the regulators were asking about, put it a spreadsheet and, you know, do some good work, <laughs> kind of um, analyze it and get our client out of that situation. So that was our only interaction before he got tapped for this. So when he got tapped for it, I, I, I sent him an email saying, congratulations, let me know how I can help. And it was very simple. I wasn't trying to get on the board because it was... Uh, coming directly from our CEO and chairman of the board was forming this initiative. So it was high profile and I had only been at the firm gosh, less than six months. So I knew there were other black professionals that were probably more, you know, positioned in better positions to get, you know, sit at the table. 
there was only 40 professionals that were going to have um, space. So when I said, let me know how I can help, I didn't have the intention of, oh, I want to be a part of this. I just really wanted to help. Maybe, I don't know, form an email, go do some research, <laughs> Google. That's what I had in mind. But lo and behold, I get the email saying, congratulations, welcome back. And it really just was from him thinking, oh, she can do some research and like, get it done. <laughs> and so I got appointed to serve. But the reason I met you is, one, um, I, I'm Zambian American, right? So I, I felt that, you know, I got this position to help black people in America, but I identify with some of the story, with some of the experience, but not fully, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, you know, talk about imposter syndrome. It's like, I get the ear of the chairman and CEO of the largest consulting firm in the world, right? Um, I don't know much about this topic, right? I had to, you know, start listening to the news more, reading items, you know, we I um, got put on a team that was um, tasked with, uh, there were several prongs of this uh, agenda that were focused on black professionals, uh, allies, and, and um, several other groups, but mine was um, engaging our black community. And, you know, <laughs> it's funny because there were only I think four black people on that team, okay. and everybody else was an ally or um, another race, and so I mean the pressure was on, okay, to like <laughs> show up, to show up, mm -hmm. and um, in the thick of all the other client responsibilities I had, I had to learn quickly, and uh, but everybody wasn't the same. I, I started taking pressure off myself because everybody was in the same boat. Like we were not experts at the issue we were there to solve. We're experts at solving problems. Um, and, you know, becoming knowledgeable enough to be deadly and also finding the right people who are expert at what they do. So we started talking to people within the firm that were experts at policy, who were experts at um, corporate responsibility, who were experts at, you know, vetting because we make commitments to donate money. And we were the ones to vet those organizations. So we started talking to people who were experts at all those things. And uh, it was a very challenging but very satisfying and gratifying experience. And so when we met, it was part of that journey because we've, we've evolved a little bit as a group from the immediate response to what is the long-term strategy for the firm. Okay. And if we're going to develop that, I felt that I needed to educate myself a little bit more and like get connected with people who are actually doing the work, which is what the, 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 room, the room was uh, <laughs> interesting Kayla threw it and um, she's a social worker I, I knew her um, from when I moved here she was best friends with one of my first friends here in America um, and so we vacationed mm -hmm. together once we went to spring break I think it's like about play uh, <laughs> and she's you know we've been cool and so when she posted that one I went to support her but the chef who was there she's the way I went to high school with so it was kind of like this whole of room like I need to be in that room, right? Like it's perfect for me to go and like network with them, but meet other people. So it was it was really interesting to to kind of meet you guys and meet you and we connected because we have a similar background. Right. You come from corporate America, so you get it. And I think everybody else was just kind of looking at me like, I don't know why she's here. <laughs> but um, those are rooms that I think that um, right now the opportunity is ripe in corporate America to amplify and support groups like that, right? amplify our voices mm -hmm. and I think that we all um, as professionals have the opportunity to kind of get that seat or take that seat right sometimes I found myself like joining um, the different coalitions 
and they send out like messages and calls, and I'm like, I'm subscriptions because there's a lot of information coming out to support yeah. the work that we're doing. Yeah. And when I see something interesting, I think I was telling you earlier, but I'm the person who's just like, oh, I'm here, I'll take it, right? Uh, I joined uh, a call that was talking about second chance hiring, and nobody told me I needed to join. Nobody specifically invited me, but I was curious, and I went, and it ended up being like a small group breakout session. And like, oh, Gina from X firm. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm actually representing, you know. Uh, but you know, I was transparent about why I was there, what I was curious about, mm-hmm. and everybody was great about it. But, you know, uh, I think that is an opportunity for all of us to kind of like step into those spaces and advocate for our communities and um, help allocate money because the purses are open, um, help drive the conversations because we can criticize what corporations are doing, but we are in them. So we need to be, you know, lifting our hands and saying, um, this is my opinion. And as somebody in this community, I think we need to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, my firm in Atlanta office, we've adopted a zip code in Atlanta uh, and trying to help develop it. We have a middle school that we're working with. So, you know, there are a lot of others who are passionate and helping, but I think that we all can bloom where we're planning, regardless of what we do, right? Um, I am, again, in banking. <laughs> I help banks not get in trouble uh, <laughs> and people probably are like oh my gosh how can you live with yourself but I love what I do but I also can spend some of that time and some of my own time uh, to influence things that are important to me um, so I'm really excited about the opportunity at the firm um, but also to you know look for a firm that is cares enough to like afford the opportunity yeah you said something that was super powerful to blossom where you're planted Mm-hmm. And while your job is very heavily focused on banking, you have this innate like care and interest in serving, mm-hmm. like and, and on your tombstone, just saying like, "Hey, I wanted to say like Cheetah served," is essentially I think the spirit that I met you with, mm-hmm. and I think what I was drawn to was literally like your interest in just learning. So while you were there, you you came with the 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 essence of I just want to learn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you could have been the most knowledgeable person about banking in the room, mm-hmm. but you recognize that like there's a lot more about like societal yeah. issues that I can I can stand and learn. So if you take us back, you also said something that's really important that I want um, mm-hmm. us to stick on before we okay. change. <laughs> and it's just that it's important for other employees to, to see that not only do we hate some of the things that we don't stand for the things that corporations do. We work for them, right? It's what you mm-hmm, said. Mm-hmm. Corporations are the people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you feel some type of way, then you can be the change that you want to see. Mm-hmm. So if we go back to that put that point where you sent that quick little email, you yeah. said, hey, let me know how I can help. And eventually you kind of got swooped into the, the yeah. um, process. Where was your mind at? Even you said it wasn't quite that I wanted to be on the board, right? Mm-hmm. But where was your mind at in terms of like impact? Um at that time? I thought that it was a great response, right? I don't think anybody knew what it would do or like what the goals were. I mean, I think there were some ideas, but we hadn't even formed what the message was, right? Like what we wanted to do or achieve. And we have done a lot. And so I thought that just the fact that leadership recognized that something needed to be done mm-hmm. and had some action 
and, and made that decision and was informed why, um, and, and that they had picked leaders uh, that were respected and were high up enough and had influence to like lead this effort. I knew that something great was going to come of it. So I think I think all of us were probably feeling a little bit helpless uh, at that time. Um, the people were in the streets protesting, um, and I don't know that that was necessarily how I could make impact. Like you know, like uh, there were a lot of different things going on, and I think I was trying to find like how I could you know serve or uh, rise to the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I responded to that. Again, it was a national. It's a national program. Um, I, I really just wanted to have some access to, like, a way to serve or rise to the occasion. I knew that as a local office, mm-hmm. something was going to come up, mm-hmm. and I was actually thinking, like, okay, I know this partner. Um, he's the most senior black partner in Atlanta. I'm going to reach out to him. Like that was kind of like that's what was in the back of my head. Like I'll reach out to him when it gets announced that something's going to happen. But, like, the national thing came first, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, like, the local stuff started happening, and, you know, it's so funny because it, my experience on that council has challenged me to think bigger, because I was still thinking pretty small, and uh, I remember, like, having an idea on a call, and, and um, the partner was like, yeah, but, like, we have access to the car of Deloitte, we should be thinking much bigger than that, you know? and I was like, oh, shit, yes. I mean, it was kind of like, okay, so like I had to reframe them like the things that we can do because um, as a firm, we have so much power in our brand, but we had access to like, when we started talking to our um, corporate governors team, they were asking us how they could serve us, right? And I'm sitting here like, what? Is this how it works? Like, because we, who was directing, uh, who gave us power as CEO and chairman? People who have influenced on on the hill were asking us how they could serve us, right? Yeah. And so that I mean that's as uh, it probably gets bigger, but this is as big as it can get. I was just thinking like I'm maybe we go to businesses and like help them set up and like Cheetah, you can do that as an individual. What can we do as a firm? Uh, and I was like, again, so much, right? And and there were so many ideas and so many things, but you know, being strategic about what we were going to tackle and plan uh, became important, but it, it definitely challenged need to think bigger uh and it's been a joy to kind of like know that the firm is serious and, and wants to do big things in the space that is so amazing <laughs> and, and i love the language that you use it challenged you to think bigger um it started with this feeling of helplessness and hopelessness and and then it turned into this like oh i get a chance to help small businesses and then you're like wait a minute I can like I can actually impact so much more. So the evolution yeah. there is really yeah. interesting. So we're gonna put a pin in that. Okay. But I'm okay. curious in the woman who has developed into in front of me today. Okay. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about your your like upbringing? Did it have much impact in it growing yeah. up? It did. It did. So um, take it all the way back. <laughs> way to, yeah, on the continent in Zambia, eight Lomba Street. But I grew up in a home that, like, my mom, first of all, there was all these people in our house. It's like, who are all these people, first of all? Um, but my mom took care of the family. Like, our, our society's raised my trailer. So, like, my mom became the person that the kids getting in trouble go stay with Auntie Mary. And they'll be like, 
was enrolling school and everything. I'm like, oh, I thought you were just here for a holiday, but let me go to school here. Great, you know? Okay. Uh, so there's a lot of cousins and stuff like that. But I think I learned from example, like just taking care of each other as people. Um, and I was little when my father passed, uh, but I was telling you about, you know, the importance of home ownership and like the role that's played. Uh, we own the home we lived in, and most people do it in, 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 um, in Zambia, and, and you buy them flat out, like you buy them cash, or you build a house, uh, you buy land and fully build. Um, so we were able to somewhat um, not be disrupted by his passing uh, too much. There were some things that happened, won't get family drama, but like uh, we weren't disrupted by his death because we owned where we lived, and uh, we actually had a, a second property that like brought in some rentals, because but the dad was obviously the breadwinner, my mom was secretary. But even as a secretary, she took care of other members of the family. So that um, desire to, or ability to serve with not much, right? <laughs> uh, the amount of impact she made and with, you know, all these people who came and lived with us, um, starting out their careers, because we were in the city. So I have cousins now who like work at these big corporations in Zambia, like, they raised me, they were like my older siblings, they, they walked me to the school bus, wow. but they stayed with us. And again, we didn't have much, but um, we made it, my mom made it enough, right? Um, so there was always that. And then like also a uh, higher societal, um, I guess, influence was, we. I grew up when, um, in the AIDS epidemic, right? And there were a lot of street children. And those are like kids whose both parents had died as a result of the um, okay. epidemic. Okay. Um, so either the father had AIDS and then the mother passed soon after because, you know, um, and they were on the street. And, you know, talk about social work. There wasn't, now it's been implemented where there's better tracking of like, who's an kin, but like there's not a, we're not, it's not very systematic. It's like mm -hmm. kid, somebody dies and like they're not connected to the relatives. They, they, they're on the street, and it was literally five-year-olds taking care of three-year-old brothers on the street. So I grew up watching that, and as somebody who only had one parent in the home, and the other parent had passed, I identified that with that so closely. Like, I'm one parent away from that situation. I don't think my family would have allowed that, you know, because we were pretty connected. But still, like, it, it made me kind of realize that. And so, like, I was the kid who would hustle my grandma, like, I my mom's family friends, I would try to convince them about how I was good and I did chores and I made these grades. Like, it wasn't a, a system where you made good grades and got paid for it, but if I made good grades, I was getting paid for it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and if, if I was working in the garden, somebody was going to give me some money. And, I, you know, that was one place where I had a voice. And what I would do with that money is, like, on Sundays after church, it was, like, this donut shop. We had these cream donuts and it's, like, cream in the middle. And, like, that was my favorite thing. I always loved sweets. But I wouldn't ever buy one if I couldn't buy two and like share with one of the street kids. So like from a very young age, I'm always the person who's just like, I know, I, looking back at it, I'm like, who the fuck was I? Oh, Excuse my French. <laughs> but that is so beautiful. That was, because I, I was like, I am them and they are me. Like we're not much different and yet my life is completely different. Um, and I think I'm still like that where I see myself and a lot of people who are suffering and um, I don't think I'm special. Uh, for being sitting where I'm sitting and certain people being where they are. I think, you know, our maybe life circumstances um, were different, but given the same opportunities, they probably would be soaring. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, so, yes, yeah, serving kind of 
came from environment, what I saw in the home, and then as I got more opportunities, uh, I saw that sometimes, you know, there was opportunity to share, right? For the knowledge, my time. Um, so yes, I always wanted to serve uh, from environment. That is so beautiful. And it's, it's really, there's so many parallels. I just want to say, you, you've said it before, like, there's nothing special about me. <laughs> and I want to just say this. There is something special about everyone. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh-huh. So instead of the flip where it's nothing special about me, one, there's something special about everyone. Mm-hmm. Two, everyone doesn't have the opportunity to, like, manifest their, like, special, their gift. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, yes, we are like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that I also want to acknowledge in your story is that there's nothing different from us and the people that we serve besides like different opportunities, different makings, different mm-hmm. like systems. So I just want to like yeah. say like we're on a ride here. So I'm, they're going to find out that <laughs> there's a lot special about you. Yeah. And along the way, I feel like we have, we will see how you've been able to tap into that along the way. Okay. I'll take it. You're right. I am special. <laughs> yeah, right? But like, I, I don't think I'm extraordinary. That's maybe the term, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do have some sauce, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, I don't have, you know, like a special gift or you something. You do what everyone does. And, right, and the extraordinary right. means that everyone is capable of doing what you do. Exactly. That's the point I was trying to make. Everybody can do what I was going to do. Because you, yeah, you're, you are literally, you are giving me so much like energy and insight <laughs> into like, okay, okay, this is possible. This is what, this is what's going on outside of the realm. Because as an entrepreneur, I, I live in a bubble sometimes. And mm-hmm. even as an impact driven person, you're like, when I met you, I'm like, oh my God, people actually do care. It's not just social workers. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, you, you are, you are awesome. You are so special. Just, and, and so back to your story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to jump ahead too far. So, but you left Zambia at 15 mm-hmm. and I came to Atlanta. Yes. Okay. Is, and I don't want to jump over too fast, yeah. but. Am I jumping around? No, okay, so, so now we're in Atlanta. Yes, we're in Atlanta. Um, and I went to Hot Springs, which is... Oh, I went to Riverwood. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Where I was, but we both were soft to football. Like. <laughs> 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 both of us here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I bet we probably met some of the same people. Probably do. Okay. Um, we'll continue that. <laughs> More to come. More to come again. Um... So yeah, I went to Springs and then Georgia State, um, and I think I was telling you a little bit more, like picking a major, and one, I came and um, in the last quarter of 10th grade, and then the next two years, as you're aware, all about college, right? And I went from one system to like another, I remember like thinking, it's a T, it's a T prep, I'm like, what, what is that? Mm-hmm. And like, my mom didn't, we all moved here at the same time, my mom didn't know the system either, so there's nobody to ask. I just, I mean, I was a guy's office. I was really curious about the process and people were just like, oh, you gotta pick a school. I'm like, how? And I remember like looking at rankings. I knew I wanted to be uh, in the business space because uh, actually in Zambia, I took my first booking, bookkeeping class and I was good at it. And everyone was flunking out. And I was like, well, you know, it's competitive advantage. <laughs> you, took a, you took a bookkeeping class at 15 or before 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so cool. Right. Okay. I, I did. It was pretty basic. It was literally T, T accounts the whole time. Uh, but moved here and I, I joined FBLA. So, and, and you know, what I'm 
realized my, my story is like I was always kind of like proactive maybe I joined FBLA because I was like, oh, you have to join stuff. And somebody mm-hmm. said it, and I was like, okay, we'll go there. I remember I actually went to UGA campus, and I was like, oh, that's really nice. But when I looked at how much it cost a year, I was like, 40 grand. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, that, that's a lot. And, you know, I looked at how much you make as a accountant. Like, eh, you're not that. Um, so I did some research, looked at <laughs> rankings. and was like, okay, I have to stay in-state because hope. Uh, so, like, it was this whole analysis about where to go to school as a 16-year-old or whatever. Uh, I was a nerd, still I'm a little bit, but did this whole thing and I decided, okay, I'm going to Georgia State. But then everybody was like, you can't just apply to one school, you need a backup school. So I was like, what? Why? Just <laughs> <laughs> not the one. Yeah. So I was like, that's money. Again, I was very conscious about what we did and didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, it cost money to apply to colleges. That's why like, when I see like kids, should apply to 80 schools in Texas, oh, I'm like, dang, how did she afford that? But that's about, you know, you're there. But mm-hmm. like, if you know where you're going, you don't need to apply to all that and get like a million scholarships for you to just turn them away. I, you know, that's, uh, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but like, there's a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes for a good like viral story, but I don't know. Anyways. It sounds like you were more efficient in your choices. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my sisters says, I'm the laziest, hard, I'm the hardest working lazy person she's met. And that's true. Like, I don't want to do a lot of work, uh, but I will work hard when it's, you know, yeah. needed. We have this saying where it's like, um, work smart, not hard. Yeah. But then sometimes when people just like work hard for no reason, right. you know? Like, you know, you, you can only go to one. You can't go to 80, so why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, get, I could get like 10, maybe. Like, you just want to like, you know, if you really want to go for it. But sometimes I'm like, it's a lot of money. You got millions of dollars in scholarships, but you can only take $100,000. Yeah. I, I, you can't put it on a resume. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could, but anyways. You know. <laughs> I'm following you. <laughs> anyways. Um, so, anyways, I went to Georgia State, and then I applied, I think, to, like, Georgia Southern as a backup. Um, I think they waived my application fees, so I was happy about that. So maybe this is how they do it. Um, and I got to Georgia State. I was really excited about that. Um, went there, and I remember my first accounting class, um, Accounting 101, was this girl, Teresa Yaboa. She came into the class and she was, I mean, just poised. She was in her suit and she just like seemed to have her shit together. And she was talking about this organization called NABA. And she said, the National Association of Black Accountants. She said that first, National Association of Black Accountants. Um, and she was just talking about the opportunities there, you meet the firms. And I really didn't know what what direction I wanted my career to take. Mm-hmm. But like seeing her and her talking so confidently about these opportunities, I was like, all right, let's, let's see what this is about. <laughs> and I went, and there were these professionals, young professionals there, who were there to like network with us, and, and how she commanded the room, and like they wanted her. I remember uh, they wanted her, and like I've never seen somebody with power like suit somebody else, you know? Like they were all about that. And I was like, I wanna be like her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I was like, let's see what this number is about. So I joined, and again, I raised my hand. We need a web developer, and I was like, I can do that. Still not, I, I can't even airdrop on my iPhone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she said, absolutely. Yeah, I did. I did say that. Because uh, they're like, the website's messed up. And for weeks, they announced that nobody was raising their hands. So I was like, I, you know, I'm just on someone. I'm mm-hmm. smart. Um, and I don't know what I did in that job. I think I tried to update the website and then I think I started messing it up and I was just like, oh, I need to find somebody else to do this. And I ended up replacing myself because I was like, 
this is not me at all, but I learned that maybe I'm not a technology person, but I didn't know that then, and I, I wanted to serve, but they liked my energy, and they kept me on the board, and I had different roles, um, as, um, and then there was a point where like the board fell apart, I think I was secretary, the board fell apart, and uh, we showed up the next school year, and the counselor was like, how are we going to do this, Cheetah? Uh, I think you should be the president, and I was like, wait, what? I'm a parent. I don't know the system. I, I don't know what's going on. She's like, well, if someone's going to do it, it might as well be you. And I think you can do it. And she really gave me the confidence. She was the first person who said, I see it in you. I believe you can do it. Let's go. Yeah. And I had to literally go around campus like asking people to join my work. Hey, I need the vice president. How do you? They're like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, but you're supposed to be the vice president of it. Uh, you know? <laughs> I recruited a whole team. Um, Kayla's best friend, Rico, um, for Circle. I recruited him on my team. I, I knew him from like outside school when I met him on campus. He wasn't even an accounting major. And he wasn't even in a business school. But I was like, Rico, I need you. Yeah. Uh, and my team was excellent. We were able to like grow membership. Um, we, at the end of my tenure, we were the chapter of the year. We grew up paid membership to like from, I think there were five paid members when I got on to like, 60, 75, something like that. Wow. Um, you know, corp- we, we, we had our corporate relationships because like, mm. they weren't giving us any money when I took it. And at the end of the year, they were buying us like t-shirts and stuff. Because like, that's how clubs, I mean, teams, like corporates, corporations Sponsors, give. Yeah. Sponsorships. And mm-hmm. it's not a lot of money, but it's hard to get those dollars. <laughs> it's hard to get those dollars. Mm-hmm. But like, I ended up doing a lot of that. And, you know, it was interesting because I think I... I understood myself sometimes, and I think I was struggling with the same problem because, like, the photos were not all about Gina. I'm like, I'm doing other things. <laughs> um, it, it, it came, it came later, mm-hmm. but like, I, in the, I was getting frustrated because I was like, I should be that Teresa, maybe I should just like come court me, you know, give me some money for stuff. Um, but it, again, it did come, I did get, it, it did come, like, I, I got an offer a year before the end of my master's, I was able to work. Which, you know, is a dream. That never happens. And I remember um, entering I entered at a bank here in Atlanta, the mid-sized bank. And in my interview, I got asked one question. And I talked about NABA, how I was able to grow. And like my NABA story was my interview. And that was the only question they asked. And it was five minutes. And they were like, okay, well, thanks for coming in. And I'm sitting there like, that's it? But like, I, I asked one question. I told them all about that. And I guess they got what they needed. And I remember going home and like saying, I'm not, I think I bought tequila because I was like, that was shit. Like, what kind of interview lasts five minutes? You know, I was so distraught. I was like, oh my God, I really wanted that. I needed, you know, to put myself through grad school. And so I went, I was like, I guess I'll send this thank you email. So I sent a thank you email. And the guy called me. He's like, oh my gosh, you sent it right away. We love you. Can you start on Monday? And I was sitting here like, really? He's like, yeah, no, we love your story. I'm like, you only asked one question. He's like, that's, yeah. And so it was an interesting opportunity. So that came out of that. And actually my job while at college also came from NABA. I went to a conference and again, it was one of those interviews where I walked out thinking, good Lord, because they forgot about me. <laughs> I wasn't on deck to interview. I had applied for the job online. They didn't uh, pick my resume, but I went to the stand during the day, and um, one of my mentors, Rick Warren, was sitting there, and he's like, "Come, come at five o'clock, you know, we'll see what we got." And I was like, "Okay." 
So I went and they had like closed shop, they had broken down their stand. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, somebody said I should come for an interview. <laughs> what is going on? And the girl, two people interviewed me. Uh, one is now the CEO of like um, the, what is the Portland Girls Club? Uh, a big nonprofit in Chicago. And this other girl, she was sick, her nose was running, she was red in the face. And I went in with her first and she had a flight. She was running late because of my interview. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> it was. I was like, and then I went to the next door with the CEO of Chicago, um, what was it? What's it? What's it? YMCA? Okay, YMCA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, she just, she was this, she's this black woman, so much power, so much poise. And she kind of was just looking at me, you know, like, it was so intimidating, but again, I told my Navish spiel how I was a leader and all these badass things I had done. She asked to, you know, she asked me to introduce myself and I just went into my spiel, right? And then she asked some other questions, but, you know, she was very quiet. She didn't say much or she's not very reactionary. It was just very strong poker face. And I was just like, this, this, I, should, I should just stay in my room because whatever. <laughs> when I got to Atlanta again, Rick called me. He's like, oh, she recommended you strongly and all this stuff and you were one of three people that were moving forward from the whole conference and all this stuff and apparently I was the first person out of my class that was hired and uh, the office was new and out, you know so it's so funny how like the right opportunity will, will hit and yeah. that guy was my sponsor throughout my t- time there and even after I left um, when I was looking to move uh, from my previous job to my next I called him and he called some people in his network just to try and place me because um, you know, we're still kind of connected and he still thinks I'm badass, you know, from, again, I met him right out of college and I only worked there for two years, but yeah. he's still somebody I can call and say, you know, I, I, need, I need help or I'm feeling this way and how yes. do I navigate the situation? But I've been, you know, really blessed in, in some of the, again, just stepping out and just saying, let me try this out, <laughs> try things out, you know. It, it, it served you so well. It's, it has, it has. I'm very fortunate in that regard. Yes. Oh my gosh. So you have the foundation of one, you've seen your mother serve as a mom in your family, Mm -hmm. right? So, and it might seem like a micro way of serving, but that's how you got your foundation in caring for others. Mm -hmm. And then it sounds like you got even more external when it came to the young, the kids, you know, the street kids living on the street and then identifying that there's not, there's so much more that makes us the same that makes us different. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ingrained this like serving mentality. So you come over to Atlanta and you're, you're in one of the more like prestigious neighborhoods, right? And you find your way in a system where you're able to get tap into FBL, FBLA mm-hmm. and then raise your hand for that. Raise your hand for NAPA. Once you get into, well, actually, Educate yourself about the college system, so the the high school to college system. Mm-hmm. Thrive at that. Get to a place where you're in Napa, and then use your authentic self to just kind of thrive. Yeah. I think also, you know, you said something about like learning the system. Mm-hmm. Napa helped me learn the corporate system because, mm-hmm. like, there was no way for me. Like my mom, they still have like full like pensions and stuff. Like the corporate environment in Zambia and here are different. Like I didn't have that in any, and I didn't none of my friends, parents really worked like corporate jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
there was nobody that I could get that from. Yeah. Um, so NABA really was an avenue for me to kind of like learn what to expect. And mm-hmm. he taught me, uh, I remember like my first few interviews, uh, I speak pretty low. Like, I'm quiet, and like, in our culture, you don't look men in the eye. Like, you know, when you greet them, you kind of like kneel a little bit. You know, there's this like thing, and it's, it's hard to shake off. Uh, and I still notice myself when I'm making eye contact. Like, I feel it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's like this thing where it's, it's not like a, a natural thing we need to look people in the face, you know? And here we are looking at each other in our eyes. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, it's calm. But yeah. NABA was the first place where I started to like correct, not really correct, but um, learn the system, like you said. Learn the way that business is done here. Uh, my handshake, you know. <laughs> there's still some p- intimidating people that like, there's a part of me that will like glitch and like default into like this handshake of like almost like bowing down a little bit mm-hmm. um, and I have to correct for that but it's so funny like when they're like strong Zambian black men mm-hmm. it comes out you know it's so I, I catch myself doing it I'm like it's conditioning but again I have to like learn the American system and NABA was a safe place for me to do that and you know I learned how to be a leader how to serve I mean intrinsically we're all kind of leaders right but how to do it effectively uh, in the corporate America space. And, and so it it gave me, I think, that serving through NABA has continued through my career. And um, NABA is still a place that I go back to kind of talk about. Um, I, I, those people were mentors, right? So you went to professional chapter. I remember when I just joined my first job, I think I was telling you a little bit about it, where I was like the first girl on the team, <laughs> the black girl. I think somebody once made a comment about my hair and saying, you always have different hair. I remember then, like, this became, like, my default work hairstyle, like, curly hair, because I was just like, I don't want it. I don't want the distraction, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not a choice, like, everybody has to make, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the mentorship, and I remember going back to my dad family and saying, I don't know, I don't speak football. Maybe talk about that. I don't speak football. These, my clients, again, we're in the South, so a lot of banks are especially the the size of bank that like is my sweet spot which is community banks yeah. it's like some of them is family run like generations and generations of ceos from the senior family mm-hmm. and it's the good old boys club and like here i am a <laughs> uh, very um energetic black african woman uh, right out of college asking them how their process works and challenging them on it and mm-hmm. I mean, it can be really intimidating, right? Sitting there looking through an eye and saying, well, this is what I think. And then looking at you like, wait, how old are you? And that's been a response a lot of times. It's just, how old are you? I feel like I'm mature now. Hopefully they're not asking me that now anymore. <laughs> but like then, in my little orange dress with my little jacket, <laughs> they, they really were looking at me like I was, you know, out of water. But like, Napa gave me the confidence. Because like, I would go back to other women, uh, black women and some black men, who related and you know told me well they might but so what you know if you are good at what you do it doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh, if you speak you know from a place of truth and you're knowledgeable it will come and it has right because people can say a lot about me even currently on my teams um, as like who I am as a person but what they can say is the skills that I bring right like mm-hmm. I have built my banking knowledge I know operations of a bank and so like when I speak to my clients they can respect me because I know what they do even though I'm not an expert like they are 
I can speak their language. I can use their terms. Yes. And like I can bring up something that's happening in the industry and I bring that together and so it's like, oh, I'm speaking to somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And now they start telling me all about their things and all they get excited. You know, because yes. I'm I am naturally curious. And so like I'm curious about what they're doing. And so I'll ask them things that maybe aren't even like super related to like what why they're there. And they'll tell me they want to talk about the things that are exciting in their world, just like anybody else. Yeah. And when they can see that you appreciate that and you understand it, it gives you respect. So like, um, over time that's come, and I'm really excited because I'm in a place now where um, it's people still try it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> people still try it. You said that. Um, well, one, I want to touch on the cultural capital, that linguistic capital mm-hmm. that we talked about before, mm-hmm. being able to speak other people's language. I just want to put a pin in that. Um, and if you guys are curious, I definitely, I highly suggest you read yeah. that. Um, but you said something that's really important and it opens the door for you to be able to relate and they want to talk about mm-hmm. themselves. So of course it gives you a, a kind of a door into their world a little mm-hmm. bit. Do you feel like it, it happens reverse? Do you feel like being able to connect with other allows, maybe not all of them, but anyone to, you know, kind of extend themselves into your world? Um... <laughs> It's interesting because sometimes yes, but I don't know that I love it all the time. Um, the reason I say that is sometimes it's well-meaning, but people are so like their perceptions of like what my world looks like are so ill-informed that it puts a bad taste in my mouth. And I'll say I'll give an example. Uh, I don't know who's gonna watch this, but um, one of my clients really wanted to, I guess you know, show that they related and it was in the time of COVID and um, we were talking about farming and I was like, oh yeah, back home, you know, we still have a garden, you know, whatever. And it got a little bit racially driven um, in some of like their ideas about like African and uh, we were talking about blood type and like how blood types are inferior and I remember just saying, like, Okay, let's bring this back, right, on track. So, like, I think a lot of the times when they try, when uh, some people try to come into my world, it, it, it just <laughs> shuts me down a little bit because I, especially in a professional setting, I don't want to, uh, it's, it's sensitive, right? Like, I don't want to say, well, actually, like, super informed people because I don't want to embarrass them or... Um, offend or cross a line, right? Because that's still business for us, right? I'm still there to serve them. And so, it, it, yeah, a lot of the times when, when, when people try to enter my world, it's, it's not informed or <laughs> the right way. And uh, I, I take the stance that I'm not there to teach them the right way to engage with me. I do that in some of my other capacities, but if I'm there to serve you, I think it, 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 it will detract or hurt that relationship, right? Because now, you know, they might put me in a different, you know, bucket, which is difficult, and all these different levels that it takes away from, like, what I'm there to accomplish. And so just being sometimes, like, get back on the mission <laughs> and put my feelings aside. So, like, uh, you know, I, I do, my brother's always like, they're just trying to be nice. I'm like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so, yes, I understand that sometimes from a little meaning place, but it's still sometimes hurtful. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I... I try to take my ego out of it because, yeah, people, it should be too excited, right? Mm-hmm. If I come to you, if you come to my world, but maybe if I talk a little bit more. One is a black American, right? Mm-hmm. But especially when I hear in Africa, all kinds of stories about animals and, <laughs> <laughs> and zoos come up, and I'm just like, yeah. uh, okay, 
Okay. <laughs> that know? makes sense. So it's like, um, it's like what you're saying is one, we do so much to educate ourselves on how to navigate in the banking space, mm-hmm. much less in, in a non-black space, much less in a non-African space. Mm-hmm. But when we finally do, and then we, we feel like they're, they're reciprocal, not even reciprocal, they're, they are receptive mm-hmm. to us coming into their world because we understand you feel like it doesn't necessarily happen the same way because there's not a lot of effort that's done on the back end so that they ask informed questions because you ask informed questions, which opens their heart to you. And and you know what? And maybe it's lack of, in the age of Google, I I hate to say it's lack of resources, but lack of interest. And also there's no, um, um, there's no motivation for them to do it, right? Like we have to do it because we're trying to take home a check or, get into an industry that we don't own or, you know, that's the driver for us. But like, what's their motivation to, like, get to know us apart from, you know, they, they don't have to, right? Mm-hmm. And and maybe the right way is to just be like, I'm going to check you, right? So that now they, they think twice about it, but they don't mm-hmm. care, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. um, there's no motivation. And I think, you know, in the allyship conversation, that's something that needs to happen is if you're not taking effort to, like, know your team members, your teammates, and, like, be really interesting, genuinely interested. Uh, I mean, you can tell people who are genuine and people who are just like trying to make a bullshit connection, right? Or mm-hmm. sometimes it's not even like they're trying to show that they're interested, but it just also feels like ill-spirited sometimes. Uh, I think we we become very well-versed kind of like discerning mm-hmm. whether something is genuine, well-intentioned, or just weird, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And um, in my career, I think I've experienced all of it where it's like, Oh, that wasn't the right thing to say, but like we meant well, and like maybe I'll engage because we have a relationship, and I think it's all relationship based. Or you know, I didn't know about you, and then you asked this, and I'm like, mm, that's weird. I'm just gonna leave that alone mm-hmm. and just like continue on like the professional side and like doing the work. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that I'll stop asking you about your stuff because like I am, I am generally, I want you to do well, right? Like I, I want to know, hey, you said your mom was fell, how is she doing, or yeah. whatever it is. Like I'll still follow up, but I just also have. Um, the awareness that you won't come into my world the same way, like you won't show up for me, and, and I think that's fine. Like uh, somebody once said, in just like relationships and friendships, not everybody will be what you are to them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how I show up for you is not how you show up for me, and yeah. that's fine. Um, we have to be okay with that, but we have to find the people who show up for us and like take care of them, those people as well. So um, it's complicated to be in corporate America and uh, the diverse. Because even that's like a diverse way of thought. Because like in my organic environments, I don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but in that environment, I do, and that's a diverse thing for me. Right? Yeah, it's not for different. The, exactly. Um, so I hear your problem solving hat. I, I can hear so much of your problem solving mm-hmm. uh, self or personality in as you sh- as you share your story because. You are sharing it so authentically, but you're sharing it also from a logical and like a uh, a place where your your results driven, right? So it's like as you tell your story, mm-hmm. and yeah. So I'm gonna finish the thought, but as you finish, as you tell your story, um, it you rationalize it and you understand how the mission is to help the client do mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. in their banking, right? Mm-hmm. And then you understand that you come into the room as a black woman, but that sounds secondary to the mission, right? The mission is um, to get this done. So that, I think, provides sanity mm-hmm. in this like 
this corporate space where we're trying to balance who we are and then what we do. So I'm curious to know, well, first, if anything's coming up for you, feel free at any time. But I'm curious to know how your identity has formed as a black woman, or I guess as an African woman, and then as an African-American woman. The corporate space? Or just period? <laughs> you know, I mean, I think, um, you know, you just talk about problem solving. I think that comes from, like, being a bemba black woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that comes from, like, that, that um, I have two eggs and two tomatoes and some vegetables. I have eight people to feed. How are we going to make this work? Mm. Figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Um, my mm-hmm. mom said, remember, but I'll translate it as um, a place of lacking breeds ingenuity. When you don't have something, mm-hmm. you get creative as heck. And um, and so, like, I think I'm used to that, right? Because a lot of the times we, we're working on some kind of constraint. Um, Luckily, you know, uncomfortable now. Like, but even when, like, just thinking of like coming out of college, like, I can't believe like some of the things I was able to do as a college student. The, the fact that I traveled abroad, I had no money. Like now, when I travel abroad, the amount of money I spend, <laughs> and it's not like the experience is that much different. But like now, the things I need to have, all these things, right? But like, we, I made it work. You know, when I talk about how the credit card points. Okay, I got creative, I figured it out, I wanted to go, I didn't have a lot, I went, and my rent was still paid, uh, you know? <laughs> I just want to, you know, one time for the one time. <laughs> and so, like, I think that comes from, like, watching my aunties, watching, they figured it out. Uh, you know, my mom, like, there were times, like, when the water was shut down, right, growing up in Zambia, and I remember my boy, my, I had a little boyfriend then, and he always talks about how we used to have these conversations when I was like, literally, I was stealing water is what I was doing. <laughs> that was like a place in the pump where you could like hook up a hose pipe and we'd hook it up and like get water for the day and I don't know, he would come by and like we'll chat. It was so endearing to him and I'm like, do you know what was actually happening? being a black woman always gave me that but you're right I think there was a part when when I moved here when it wasn't important to be like a Zambian person or a Zambian woman but at the point I was a teenager right and I wanted to fit in so like the dress or the things that I did or how I engaged mm-hmm. were just a way of like okay I need to like integrate into society this is what my friends are doing right but now I think I'm a little bit more comfortable and I think that just comes with age and just like not you know it's like whatever it is what yeah. it is people are still going to love me and if they don't maybe they're the people I want to be with right yeah. um so now I think I'm just like more comfortable saying you know I'm Zambian <laughs> I'm, I'm active in my community people know that about me and then things that I find uncomfortable I just don't engage right yeah. um I don't need to prove who I am to anybody else. And I think I have pretty dope people around me. Like, I I think I attract pretty good people, dope energy. I always brag on my friends. They're all doing some amazing things. So, 
it's okay. And they all think I'm special because I, I am truly an introvert. And I say, oh, my extrovert friends pick me. <laughs> they don't even want you. So I'm like, why do I have to show off to people who I don't even know? When the people who know me are like, we want you and all that. So I think that comes. And then in the, in the work world, I think, you know, sim- similarly, right? I think for the most part, like when I show up as my happy go lucky self, um, the right people like see see it and that's okay. That's something maybe I wish would get it, but I don't and that's fine. Like how do I make sure that people who are seeing it are advocates for me and are sponsors and mm-hmm. are giving me what I need. Mm-hmm. And it's especially in my career role there have been like some situations that I've been challenging with people are just like motivate it seems like they're motivated to see you lose. <laughs> they want you to lose and it's like give they give it energy. And like I don't recognize, I don't know what that's about. Like that's not a feeling I've ever had towards somebody. Because um, I don't know. That's just again, <laughs> so many issues. So many. It's, it's like is your life that perfect that you are really motivated by seeing me like not be successful? Yeah. Like I have real problems and not just my own, right? Other people's problems that I think about that could be solved by like fifty dollars, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so like that, like I. You know, my family, the things that we're going through as a, as a family, and uh, my country, the things we're going through, the things that I see that are a short flow in that. Like, I just couldn't give energy into, like, trapping somebody up or whatever. Yeah. And I see that, and, and it's hard not to give it energy. It's not hard not to be consumed by it. But what I've learned in the last year of COVID, because we had to sit out with ourselves a lot, <laughs> is it's okay. And it's taken me a while to be okay with like people who are not supporters or big fans of Chia. It was my first time in my life. <laughs> it's like, you don't like yeah, me? Exactly. Are you kidding? Uh, what is there not to love? You? <laughs> no, seriously. What is wrong with you? But, you know, they're going to exist. I wish I learned that in high school because I think people had some people like that in high school. I didn't, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I just minded my business. There was too much to learn. There was too much growth that needed to happen there's too many changes happening in me and around me so like i didn't have time to like give attention to people like maybe and maybe it happened i have my friends always telling me like you know you just don't be catching stuff i'm like girl whatever you know when somebody's like shady yeah i don't i don't even like i don't it doesn't register i just like move forward like that's on you and your heart and that's your energy that you have to do with and so like it's maybe it's happened it never registered. <laughs> it didn't. Um, so, like, this is the first time I'm experiencing it and, like, being aware of it and, like, trying to navigate. And, whew, Lord, you know. Yeah, it can be a lot. It can be a lot, but, you know, I, I've, I've found peace with it. Like, last year I was struggling with it. So I really couldn't understand, but I doesn't... I'm still pretty dope. <laughs> girl, say it louder. <laughs> I am still pretty dope. Say that, girl. I would, I would um... I would say you have accomplished so much and and like the way the way that the world organically has shaped for you to succeed mm-hmm. is amazing bar none. You have achieved so much. And I, I know why that Navasuri is so impressive. So I hope you know at this point, like it that yeah. it sells me even now. And that was almost what, six or seven yeah. what, eight years ago. Yeah. And um so I'm curious, I know you want to accomplish so much more, right? I'm sure you have a lot down the pipeline. So where do you go for support in terms of your career and navigating that African-American, African woman and corporate uh, professional brand um, in getting to where you want to go? 
You know, I don't have a great answer for that, <laughs> unfortunately. I think I don't have like one place, right? I think it depends, and means <laughs> my dramatics. But like when I'm faced with like a big career thing, it's like, oh my god, everything is wrong. But I, I think I talk to everyone, right? Like, um, but I, I try to get different perspectives. I have, um, fortunately, a Zambian black woman who's a mentor. Um, she she works at and then Blue Cross Blue Shield. She's done it for a very long time um and so and she's close to c-suite right she's pretty high up and um she's somebody i'm doing something with like at the community level and stuff so like when i i go to her and we can have like a big sister kind of conversation and just like tell her and she knows like all of the things so there's that perspective and then i talk to you about like rick the first partner who hired me his like a voice that i trust like he when I got my first promotion out of college into a senior, he was like, in 10 years you can be part of that. I'm not going to be part of it in 10 years, but like, he just was, he said that so, with so much confidence and he was so sure. He believed and I don't know if I believe, but it's so refreshing to have somebody who's just like, you can do it. Like, I see the magic, I see the fire in you mm -hmm. and I want you to support that. I will put my political cup in to supporting that, your dream. So like, sometimes I'll, I'll call him, I don't do a good job of like, keeping in touch but like when I do call he's always like oh my god yes let's do lunch and you buy me lunch and we'll have steak and potatoes and we <laughs> chat it up um and you know sometimes within it's hard I try because it's hard to also read people's intentions that's one, one thing like I'm trying to get better at again very like direct and very kind of like if you don't say what it is that you don't like I'm not gonna know right yeah. so like I, I don't want people who are like Trying to go around about <laughs> yeah. what you did. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what am I saying? Why can't you just say it? So, like, why do I have to, like, fix the problem and decipher what the heck you're saying? Uh, how do I not fix the right problem? Um, but, anyways, so within the form, like, whatever company I've been at, if it's like a big career thing, there's the one, they are, they work for the fun, right? <laughs> then they are also ambitious. So, like, there's sometimes where, like, I, you have to take that advice to go in a soul, right? In the same firm. Mm -hmm. uh, because, like, they want you to stay or they want you to stay instead of this position because it maybe it's their agenda. And there's some people who aren't like that, like, who's held straight up, but it's hard. So, like, I, I think I try to get some advice from, like, leaders. So, again, I don't have, like, a person. And then, like, I sit with all of it. I think that's with my analytics. Like, I gather, I sit with it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I, you know, the questions of, like, where am I trying to go and what's comfortable, what feels happy, what am I excited about? Yeah. Did I have fun today? So, my nephew's asking who's three and I still keep it. And uh, he, he was so smart. He would call, I would call him. He's like, did you have fun today? I'm like, I don't know. But now I try to have fun. Because I that, love <laughs> that childlike thing, right? Yeah. Um, what is fun? Like, what, where can I have? some fun because the work is going to get done yeah. and it could be miserable it could be really fun and, yeah um so i sit with it and then like i i, I decide again I, I also talk to you know friends family i have some friends in the profession in the profession um whoever i'm dating at the time but <laughs> like, i think there's not one person mm -hmm. i think i just you know try to because sometimes you know people outside of you do see things in you but only you know what's in your heart and like what makes you happy mm -hmm. so like it's good to get people to you know every now and then i'll do like a survey of like what do you think about them? so like oh to just get feedback That's on great. me as a person yeah and then say you know i don't think of myself that way. i wonder what that's about exploring that mm -hmm. um so I, I love to get feedback but again it, it, it's 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 that inputs mm -hmm. 
and then I decide. That's go. great. Yeah. I think I think you doing a survey is one of the things that I've even worked with in my clients where I'm like, mm-hmm. it's funny that you do that, right? But sometimes <laughs> we are in our bubble and we, we don't yeah. even think about getting that, that feedback. Right. It's called like, so even when I was, uh, you know, executives get their 360 feedback and sometimes mm-hmm. it's when they're on their way out the door and sometimes when, the, when they're on their way up right. but I think we can all benefit from a 360 so I just think that's really awesome yeah yeah. you gotta have a board of directors and uh, who's on your Again. board yeah. <laughs> on your board yeah. so as we um, think about next steps um, I'd love for you to take a moment if, you, if needed but think about three to five years out and give us something that we can look at Cheetah and be like look um, I saw her when she was when, and she oh said she wanted to accomplish a couple of things, and my mentor does it, so it's it's like l- literally coming up for me so naturally. Yeah. What are some of the things that you, knowing that the only thing that keeps you from doing whatever it is, is like raising your hand? <laughs> what yeah. are some of the things uh, that you could possibly see yourself raising your hand for in three to five years? Oh, that is, that's a good question. That's a hard question because, like you said, things just like happen. Uh, it's funny, like when you're, though, someone said, when you're on the path, the way appears. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think I'm on the path to be um, a lot more involved in helping, at least where I'm seated, like uh, have more of a voice in like what we do for our minority black and brown communities. Um, I don't know what it will look like for five years from now, but I think that's something that will stay. And then I also see myself pursuing more opportunities in Zambia. Um, I told you a little bit about something in the project I'm working on, but I'm really just interested in building a network there. And uh, in the future, when I have a family, I think that that would be a second home base for me. Um, so maybe starting to be more intentional about planting seeds there and building some kind of a life there. Um, so in 45 years, I should have hopefully a little bit more progress uh, with that. I love it. <laughs> so we, I'm going to be like, did you raise your hand for that <laughs> And the thing I love about opportunities is when we know what the opportunity looks like that we're looking for, it'll present itself. And it might seem weird, but it's not weird because mm-hmm. we've already spoken it into existence. Right, right. Uh, it's all right. so so as we head out I think there is a woman somewhere and I do this on every episode so there is a woman who is somewhere along the journey that you've already trailed Mm -hmm. and she needs either a bit of guidance or a bit of a word to help her see beyond the situation that she's in right now so maybe she's not raising her hand Mm -hmm. or maybe she you know hasn't been quite acclimated into her new culture what would be that one thing and that person that you'd like to reach back to and speak to right now? Um, I would say that, you know, if you're in the room, you're supposed to be there. Um, so speak up, speak firmly. The thing that you're thinking is obvious um, that hasn't been said probably isn't as obvious as you think. And that's your unique contribution. So um, walk into those rooms and speak confidently in the things that you're thinking, the things you're feeling, even though it's so different from what's being spoken, I think that's our competitive advantage, right? Because um, we, our backgrounds are so different, our perspective is so different. So of course, it's not being said. Um, so be confident in in, in 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 the thoughts that you're having, the ideas that you have, for sure. I think uh, I I'm still learning to find that voice as well, but. Yes, it's valid. Let's yeah, let's speak louder uh, the things that we believe or think. That is awesome.
awesome. You have been such a blessing. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Tita. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening and for watching. And if you'd like to get in contact with Tita, Tita, how can they reach you? I'm on LinkedIn, um, so that's a good avenue. I'm also on Instagram. My Instagram is very personal, but I think on Instagram, on LinkedIn, um, I'm, I engage with whoever sends me a message, and I also like to follow a lot of people's career and things that they're doing um, through LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Please reach out if something did touch your soul or touches your career journey and you'd like to connect. Go ahead and connect with Miss Cheetah again. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. And I will see you guys on the flip side. Bye. Bye. <laughs>